You're listening to the Her Money, Her Business podcast. This podcast is for women starting or growing their own business and features episodes about money management, reducing financial stress, and how to grow a profitable business that's built to last. We want to see women in business thriving. So if you avoid discussing money, lack confidence managing money, or want to struggle less while making money, then you're in the right place. Let's make finance fun and money matter. I'm your host, Sonia Belzerolo. And this is the Her Money, Her Business podcast. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Her Money, Her Business podcast. Today, I am excited to talk to Emma Franklin Bell. Emma is the creator of Manuscript Mastery, a book writing course for the woman who wants to finally write that book that's been in her heart for years. Emma is also the author of three published books, self-published books, two podcasts, and several successful online coaching programs. She guides female coaches, creators, and practitioners on how to unearth their intellectual property, weave in stories from their life, and write from the heart to develop a truly unique book that inspires and informs readers. So let's get started talking to Emma about why your knowledge is valuable. Hello, Emma. Thank you for joining me on the podcast, Her Money, Her Business. Great to have oh, you. Oh, hi, here. Sonia. Hello. I'm so thrilled to be here. Loved chatting with you. You know, yeah. we've um, known each other for years now and it's so yeah. wonderful to always reconnect. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Yes. No, it's great. It's great. And so obviously we're talking about um, money is what the po- podcast is all about and money and business for women. Um, But what I wanted to talk to you about today is um, really about why your knowledge is valuable. So you are a book coach. You helped me with my book, Mr. and Mrs. Business. And um, obviously, you do lots more things, coaching, book coaching, etc. But why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit about your journey around um, developing knowledge in your own business and and, uh, becoming, I guess, the book coach that you are today? Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, I love this topic, this topic of intellectual property and IP development and extracting your own ideas and putting them into an original um, sort of method so that you can then form assets which help us make money in business, which is what you're talking about with women. So, I've always, yeah, I've always been interested in this and um, it's spanned across different areas and um, my early life I had a, um, a dance studio so I, um, I come from performing arts and so I um, you know worked with a lot of young dancers and performers and built my own studios and the thing that made it work really well was that I developed my own intellectual property so I did write a dance and drama program and what, what was so good about that was I was able to then teach that to my staff, my team, so they were able to deliver this program to the young people. And then when I sold the business, I was able to package it up in a nice little box, a bit like a franchise, I suppose, mm-hmm. and I was able to sell the whole business as an asset it wasn't bits and pieces all over the place it was all neat and tidy and I was able to uh, sell that and then when I wrote um, my first book which is how to run a preschool dance studio the coaching program for dance teachers and studio uh, based people um, was again an IP system that I developed and then um, when I moved into books 
I was able to take that same way of thinking and develop a system for how people could quite quickly and easily extract their book ideas and actually write the book and have it finished uh, as, a, as a manuscript so they could then edit and publish. So a lot, so it seems to be a way that I love to work. I think it enables me to see things from a higher perspective and know that all the pieces are lining up and it has strategy and therefore it helps everybody, whether it's team, whether it's um, clients, uh, whoever's working with you can easily see the system mm. and know what to do. And it's um, probably the whole way of operating like this was probably birthed from reading The E-Myth mm. by Michael E. Gerber um, probably 10 years ago. That'd Love be what that landed book. me. Yeah. Mm. A great book. And yeah. I love a good system that sounds very organised and and I think it's, that you know, besides the intellectual property, I think there's a lot that business owners and women in business could take from that in terms of even just having things in place where someone, anyone could come into your business and see what's going on and also you can train people, you can sell the business, that everything's Everything's there laid out. It's a very important part of business, I think, that a lot of people don't actually do. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also, you know, it's it, it's so helpful for you. In the beginning, it might feel a bit like, wow, all these systems and this is mm. seeming like a lot to do. Mm. But um, that's just short term because in mm. the long term, if you're sick, you know, and you have to step away or you do want to sell it, yeah, you do every every everybody knows what to do. And then that's why the, the client or the customer they feel very secure because mm. they feel like it's like when you go to Maccas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you take the kids to Maccas or drive through or, you know, when we're on those one day when we're not being healthy. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, um, but you know what I mean? You mm. sort of you, mm. you ease people's anxiety because mm. they know what's going to happen. They know yes. that Emma's going to do it this way and she'll rock up like this mm. and her team or her teachers or people working for her you know, know what to expect and exactly. um, people feel really in control. And you have to do that a lot with young people mm. to ease their anxiety, yes. especially when you have new young, you know, especially very small children as well mm. to ease any uh, attachment anxiety. Mm. And, yeah, and so then I've taken it right through and it's worked really well with the books and it is, it's so valuable. It's so valuable um, from a monetary point of view because uh, people know um, especially if they're going to buy the business they know what what you're delivering to them mm, they can see exactly. it all ticked off and so yes IB, ip intellectual property development yeah is is super valuable mm. from a from a monetary mm. standpoint absolutely yes and um, so one question I'm going to ask every uh, guest, and we probably should have done it first up, but that's okay. It's, you know, the, only the second podcast episode, I think, so we can do whatever we like. What I focus on is trying to make finance fun and money matter. So how do you think we can make finance fun and why do you think money matters? Oh, great question. And if you're listening along, I reckon ask yourself that question as well mm. that Sonia's just asked me. Mm. So I think obviously money matters because um, <laughs> you've got to have money. You know, there's no free lunch, is there? Mm, um, and, you know, I remember a friend, an entrepreneurial friend, he said, you know, 
love's great, but it doesn't buy you lunch. You know, mm. at the end of the day, <laughs> you have to rock up. <laughs> and right. yeah. go to lunch and pay. So we have to have the money and the money needs to be something that, you know, works works for us so we can mm. do the things that we enjoy. We can also get things ticked off and, you know, we live in an expensive place. Australia, you know, is an expensive place. And so we have to be very across our money, otherwise we're going to end up on Stress Street. So making finance fun, is that, was that the question? Yes. How to make finance yep. fun. Yep. I think... For me, it's doing things where you know that there's kind of goals that you can achieve. Mm. Mm. So, so I'm quite driven um, by that, by things that I know that I can make happen almost mm. because, because money allows the magical things to happen. Yes. So if you have an idea of, yeah, you want to, um, you want to go away or you want to um, save to start up some other little side hustle or you want to save up to publish your book because that costs a couple of thousand or whatever it is that you want to do there's these things that you want to make happen Mm -hmm. and so if you get your finances going you have a little part of your income that comes in that gets siphoned off for that and so then you're able to achieve these things that you want to achieve and then that helps you and that moves you forward and you feel fulfilled yeah so making yeah so I think you can't yeah I think you can make it fun you can also you don't have to be dull with it either you know you can you can go to office works you can get stickers you can have you know different different little goal tick off things you can have that every Friday you know you you take yourself off for a treat because you've been great during the week and so you spend twenty dollars doing something um, fun yes. I like going to op shops and vintage shops that's yeah. like a treat for me I love it yeah and I nose around in all these you know finding little trinkets and I, I'll just say okay op shop vintage you know $50 yeah. see see what fun thing I can find and I find that fun to do and I try and do it you know about once a week or something I did it the other day yeah. and yeah and so you can make it fun you get excited by what money can do for you mm-hmm. rather than, oh, money's such a drag. Mm-hmm. It's all numbers and it's all maths. Yes. I think we need to move, yes. move that away mm-hmm. and see it as something yeah. that's interesting and, and exciting for us. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think that a lot of the fun's taken out of it because, because of a lack of confidence and a fear around money. So yeah. I think that once we remove those things, then there can be a lot more, you know, enjoyment and fulfilment from, like you say, achieving goals through money, um, you know, and doing those sorts of things, definitely. Yes, and without making it too big either, you know, if mm. um, that's why I'm saying something quite simple mm. that, yeah. that's rewarding. So yeah. if, you, if you've been very good with, with your money, mm. you can do um, just that week something small that's mm. rewarding and then build up to bigger things because if it's too big and too far you might getting stuck in the trenches might sort of seem like a drag and you're not going to see that little fun reward for six months yes that's right I think as women we we do need to sort of treat ourselves yeah um, yeah and you can do that you know quite easily for a small amount that's right small amounts and whatever floats your boat so it, yeah. you know it's what what you enjoy and what I enjoy and what everyone else enjoys are all going to be different it doesn't matter what yes. that thing is um, as yeah. long as it's meaningful to you yeah mm. yeah definitely yeah, excellent absolutely. all yeah. right um so Emma tell me how do we make money as women from our intellectual property let's talk about mm. that 
Yeah, let's get into that. So, yeah, so this is fantastic. So the women on your podcast, I'm guessing they're running a business or wanting to start a business. They might be in a practice service-based or what have you. Yeah. So generally women in service-based businesses or practitioners or in health or any of these types of businesses, you are working with people, you're working with clients and you're talking to them, Zooming and in-person. And so you might be delivering some sort of helpful thing that helps them, bookkeeping, coaching, um, naturopathic stuff, you know, whatever it is. So you're working with people. And then over time, I'd say the first thing that starts to happen is you start to do observation, right? So after about a year in business or something, you start to sort of move into this real observation um, place where you are sort of seeing all these patterns. You'll see recurring patterns. Mm-hmm. You'll see what people are really struggling with, what they love, what, what seems to work really well when you offer them this solution. And you'll start to see just how what you do with people, what works, what doesn't. And so you're you're becoming like an observer. And this phase is really great. And when you're in this phase, really take notes, take notes of uh, repeat things that crop up and uh, things that aren't working very well and things that are great. Because that's actually the very small beginning phases of your IP Mm. development because mm. because we're talking about original stuff this is what creates your intellectual property yes um so i so i did that observation in the book one i could see that certain time lengths of the program didn't work so well as others mm. and certain numbers of people not so well and then this and that so you start to see what, what works and what doesn't yeah. but that takes about a year or something Okay, and then you sort of move into uh, where you start to formalize. You start to formalize a bit and you say, okay, I've got this new client and these are the things that are working really well with a client who's similar. And so I'm, I'm formalizing what I do here. I'm going to start her here and then we're going to move through to this. I'll, I'll offer her that and then um, she could try this more work on this and so you're starting to formalize a bit rather than a grab bag mm-hmm. of, of your ideas and skill set you're starting to formalize it into almost like a linear shape this works well so you're starting to tighten things up um, and you're seeing almost a bit more of a structure mm-hmm. to what yes. you do yes, because human much. beings are quite similar they'll often come to you uh, at a similar spot I mean everybody who comes to me uh, they haven't written their book. I mean, that's that's plain and simple. They mm-hmm. have not written the book and it's been on their mind for a few years. Yeah. So so I know already, whoever they are, they're, they're in that same spot. Yes. Starting, so, and you'll start to see that sort of pattern in your own business. If, you, if, you, you know, if you're listening, you'll start to see that there are certain things that are all in the same spot. And so someone who hasn't written their book actually goes through a similar sort of emotional and creative sort of relationship with with their book and with me and their writing as other people like that type of person who's doing that writing nonfiction, haven't written one and going through the stages of writing one that you know they're all hit against oh gosh you know I've hit a block I'm you know struggling here (laughs) and then they'll reach moments of elation I can't believe it I've discovered this fantastic thing 
um, through writing this chapter. Ah, that's, you know, so that's a light bulb moment. And then they'll have, you know, so they sort of, they have different waves and then they get stuck. And then, so there's, there are real patterns Mm. and you'll see that in your business. Mm. Um, And it's very, very interesting. So you're starting to structure and formalize the sort of shape of how a person in this situation tends to go within reason yeah um and there's always bits of tailored stuff but you're starting to get this good shape and so then over time that starts to tighten starts to tighten and um it starts to work really really well and it's turned into almost your own system your own method Mm. and that might take a year or so and then you start to actually get even more structured as time goes on and you will start to name it and shape it so you might see then wow okay this takes about eight sessions so this is kind of like eight steps that this person goes through and I'm noticing that they start here and you'll name that you know they start at um, the foundations or they start with this problem, or they start in grief, or they start in confusion, or whatever it is. So that yes. so you'll name that, and you'll take them right through to where they ultimately end up. And so each little piece, or module, or session has mm. a little uh, name, yeah. Yeah. chapter. And you might not say to them, "Okay, this is session three. This is called." <laughs> no, yeah. you don't necessarily say that to them yeah. in that moment, um, but you're crafting your IP and then the whole thing um, that whole sort of development from when they come here with you to when they leave um, that whole thing then has a shape and that can have a name Mm. and so the the book one in this case was called manuscript mastery because Mm. it's not about editing Essentially, you know, they, they, you know, we go on with to editors. You can do mm. that later. But the actual work that you do with me isn't about publishing. It's about the manuscript mm. and actually mm. finally mastering it, you know, mm. finishing it, mastering it, getting it done, and then choosing what you can do with that. Mm. And so that has a whole name and then the, the delivery has a shape for courses and for one-to-one. It has mm. a different shape. And you can do this with anything because mm. with the dance, with the dance one for little ones, you know, it was called Fairy Footsteps and it was this really cute little program. The whole thing was in a fairyland wow. and so that was the name of it. And then it, it had its whole own shape to the program what they did first and then what we did and dances at the end and so you can do it with anything mm. absolutely anything that you're that you're helping that you're helping someone through and someone mm. work with and so yeah so over time and that you know depending on how many clients you've got and how speedy you are at working through things that could take six months or it could take three years or a few you know four years mm. to really craft and refine and develop and think, no, I'm going to change that. And then you end up with this great solid thing. And what's so good is that when you turn up to places like networks or you give a talk, it's so good because everything's so formalised, you can, uh, when people say, oh, so what is it that you do again? 
rather than being loose and oh I do book coaching you know with people yeah it's good and that's a bit vague Mm -hmm. you can say oh yes I do book coaching and it's it's wonderful Uh, I've created this thing it's called manuscript mastery it's a program and it's for non-fiction writers who want to you know finish the the manuscript and actually get that done six weeks three months yeah yeah it really does help Mm. with the selling of it Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I love about, you know, having created or written a book is that that content still I use now. If, you know, I'm looking for, you know, ideas for social media posts and things, I can just go pick the book up and either take a piece out of it and use that content or just get a concept of an idea from flicking through the book and, you know, there's just so many different things you can do once you've created that first piece of IP you know yes. I've, I'm creating a course that goes with the book that helps support people because there's mm. lots of exercises in it and yes. there's just so many different things that can shoot off from from you creating that first piece um yeah it's it's amazing yeah yes and that's absolutely and that's the other thing that sometimes people find that um they don't even know that they've been doing their own original Mm. formulas Mm. so you you might be listening now and you've been running something for five years anything from a real estate business to you know Mm. uh, a reiki practice and then it might be something you actually work with people in a certain way but you've just never uh, had the time to sit down and formalize it that's right um and sometimes writers come to me and they find that it's through the writing of the book Mm. yeah doing that conscious practice each week of sitting with their ideas and getting the ideas down in a shape on paper, they they realise, and it's quite an aha moment, mm. oh, wow, this is actually a whole kind of formula that I've got that I do with people. Yes, that's personal to, to them. Yeah. yeah. I yes, was actually they didn't... thinking that mm. as you were talking, mm. um, you know, with the different stages of the observation and then the trial and yes. error type stage, yeah. that I was thinking to myself that there would actually be people listening, like you say, mm. that are thinking, well, I don't need to spend a year doing the observation and another mm. year doing that bit because I've already mm. done that for the last five years. I actually yes. already have observed and I know what the trial and error pieces and what works and what doesn't so now I'm actually at that stage I could go and create my my IP and start working on something whether it be what you you would know better than me what are the different options for you know creating something from your IP obviously books yes and um and books or just getting a a journal or something and getting down those um the ways that you work in a formal way is just really helpful for your own mind even if it's on a big butcher's paper thing with textures you know it doesn't matter but um yes then the ways that you can use the intellectual property are that obviously in your actual practice you can yourself become more formalized just Mm. so that you sort of and then it sort of becomes more fun because each formal piece um, can even have its own little brand and its own little colors and you know you can get quite creative Mm. within the pieces that you formalize if you have a three-step or a six steps or whatever so that's in the actual practice you can and then as I said yes you can um, refine it and and package it up so that you can have someone else deliver it who's qualified mm-hmm. they can um, deliver it and 
oh yes and then you know it's it's unlimited really because you can quite easily license your work and you can also less formally certify people so you can actually certify sort of in a not through TAFE or anything but in an unofficial sort of your own business way you can have a weekend and you could um, certify people I could certify people in manuscript mastery you know if if writers who wanted to teach others Mm. how to write a non-fiction yes and you make sure that the people coming are you know Mm. they've they've got they've done a lot of writing or whatever so so you can certify you can um you can do license you can of course do franchise and then um you can if you are going to sell absolutely if you're going to sell you really want to have this down pat when the the old days and you say business in a box you know essentially you're creating that business in a box Mm. and again as I said it can be for anything because it could be the way that um you know you might run a bakery and you you might do a certain style of sandwiches Mm. and it is absolutely the way that you do it and everybody in the suburb loves it and then you need to sell the bakery if you haven't done those exact Mm that IP of, oh, yeah. you know, we always do the mustard first and then we do da, 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 da. Yeah, if you haven't popped that down in a formula, you need to be doing that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so then you can run, you can run workshops. Uh, people also, I think, once something has a name and it has its own logo and you can also register, you know, I always get the trademark with the yeah. R and everything. Once you do that, people... I think what people's um, psychological association is, oh, that's a program and a system that's been developed. Mm. So it must be a thing that works and you have testimonials. So people think, oh, that's good. It's not sort of just um, on the hop Mm. piecemeal sort of thing. It seems to be an actual program. And so they, they almost are ready to invest more in that because it does seem so organised mm. and that's very satisfying for people, system. Um, so, yeah, workshops, collaborating with other people, all those sorts of things. So once you create the core one, yes. there are many spin-offs and hard products, cards and... Um, mm. It's limitless you know, really, isn't it? it? It really is because... It's limited you, by your imagination. <laughs> yes, and that's yeah. what makes it exciting because it can be so creative. And mm. then when you get to the money side of things, you can experiment with all of those things and work out the ones that mm. are the most profitable yes. and the ones that are the fun, yes. which you might end up having to, <laughs> having yes. to um, financially do yes. yourself even if they don't make much money. Yes. But, you, yeah, you start to see where where your profits can come from yeah and uh, that um, I'm glad you brought up the the costings and things because that's obviously important with this sort of thing is to you know if you're going to invest the time to you know go through and and record and put together a framework of your intellectual property then you definitely you know be thinking about that side of things as well and making sure that what you're putting together you know is then going to turn into something that makes you some money and there's there's always going to be options and offshoots of things that might you know cost your time to create then they don't see a direct return like something like a lead magnet that's part of that process but you always want them to lead to something that's going to obviously you know turn a profit and 
and, and make some yes. money for you. Yes, yeah. the old sweat equity thing. Mm, that's it, exactly. <laughs> yes, I think um, the good thing about anything that is yeah, to do with intellect, yes, mm. intellectual property as opposed to something that's product-based, mm. quite a lot of the... Um, the expense, I suppose, is in the time for you to sit there and work out the shape of your original system mm-hmm. and the and then the investment you might have in um, in creating tra- trademarks or brands or something. Yes. It's fairly fairly mm-hmm. small output. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that in terms of the time investment that versus what you might then get as a return on investment is that if it's a known quantity so if you've spent time doing that observing working with people and stuff and so therefore you know it is actually something that's worked because you've mm. refined it mm. and you've been doing this you know for, for uh, quite a while you know it works already because the stuff that didn't work chuck that out that's right you got rid of that yeah yeah, and so you so you know what works. So therefore, quite a lot of the work's been done for you there because then you're just you're crafting it, and making it tighter and better, and turning it into a brand, mm-hmm. which is great for those of you who also like to use personal brands mm. because then you you're creating sort of a, a sub brand underneath your own personal brand. Yeah, but yeah, so a lot of the work's been done for you. Then you pull it together, and then it's a tighter, more Um, I think also it says to people this is an original program Mm. whereas if you don't have any formula and people just turn up and they have sessions and that's wonderful how do they know that you're really any different to the lady down the road or the bloke up the street Mm. how do they really know whereas when it's sort of a branded thing and it has this way of operating and it has sessions here and you know it's got the whole thing people think oh you know she does this Mm. this particular thing that she's come up with that that Mm. is that's different and I like it it incorporates this this this. that's that's different so then they're going to choose you Mm. over all these others who might be fantastic but maybe they're all sort of doing the same sort of thing yes that's it yeah yeah so the setting apart personalized Mm. setting apart thing Mm. That is very valuable in these. It's quite competitive in these times. Yes, yes. So that you've does got to have something that's your own signature that that stands out. Yeah, and also yes. stands out, but tells people what they're getting. So if you've got that structure, yes. it's very easy to tell people what they're getting. You're not just saying I'm a business coach. It's it's this is my program that this is how I am and deliver my business coaching. Yes, because absolutely, because in sales calls, as you know, and people listening, you know, you will have had a lot of sales calls and you have, and then people say, so what actually happens? You know, how does it work? How do I know that this is going to happen and that? And yeah, if you don't have some sort of system, you might be a little bit vague and then people find that, um, what does Marie Folio say? You know, without clarity, you get confusion or something. Mm. And so the confused mm-hmm. mind doesn't buy or something. Exactly, too many options. Yeah, yeah. too many options that people aren't really sure. As if you are in those calls, uh, whenever people raise objections, mm. um, you are able to say, "Oh yes, yep, that that happens." And so what what we do there is is this and that, and you'll find that when I work through this um, section, that that helps you. And so by by the end of you know three uh, months. 
the manuscript's finished and you've got your 30,000 words and we've worked together, you know, and so, mm. and people then feel calm and confident. Mm. Mm, definitely. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's really mm. effective. And also, I think you can increase your prices. I noticed that as I started to tighten the system from being a general writing course, just quite yeah. general, yeah. and blogging courses and writing courses, all a bit PC and sort of cheap, cheaper. And then over time, I think in a few years, I increased by about 10 times. I think mm. I started about $300. Yeah. And now Manuscript Mastery is $3,000. So because yeah. and over, and because you're just getting tighter and better and tighter mm. the system. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, yes. And, and you've got a proven system where people have been through this now and you've got many, many yes. writers and people with published books and all that sort of thing. So that's yeah. part of that process of yeah improvement and uh, and creating more value to the people that come into the program now mm. yes exactly because it's all that trust mm. stuff like in in sales um mm. as you know the, the the trust component and so i think the intellectual property development um crafted with a name and a structure really does help to create that trust it, yeah. it really it really does mm. yeah if you if you do have some time sit there and work out um, what it is that you seem to do with people and start to shape it into a, a system of some mm. sort. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And I guess the first step in all of that would be to figure out where you are in that process depending on how evolved you are in your business and what you, like we say, what you've been observing, what you know are the um, things that work and don't work, like where are you? Do you have to start at the beginning and start observing and doing that or are you halfway through already and you're ready to start putting it on paper and pulling it all together? And, I mean, even just you and me talking about that has turned into a little system in itself. Mm. You know, observing would be mm. step one, yeah. trial and error and stuff would be step two, and then formalising would be step mm. three. Yeah. So we've quite naturally done that already just in mm. our flow of conversation. That's so right. if you're listening, um, you might find that you do that yourself already. So mm. just... Uh, just sort of almost consciously start um, turning it into something a bit more tangible and on paper is what will help you do that to, to see it in front of you and yeah because it's so interesting how when you just are in conversation and, and getting creative you can quite easily <laughs> crafting your own IP there's a, an IP yeah. for an IP <laughs> yes exactly I mean that, that yeah. could also be another way of getting it out is chatting to someone and and you know, telling them what yes. you do. If you're not a, if you don't feel like you're a writer right now, and you couldn't sit down and articulate it, even just having a conversation with someone would start to pull that out of. You know, oh yes, I mean, you could just book a session with Sonia, and she could ask you the Q and As, or me, or you know, mm. someone you know who's in mm. business who's used to this kind of way of thinking. Yeah, um, it's almost like a Q and A mm. where that person is then able to say, um, yeah. So, what type of person comes to you, and where are they at, and then mm. what happens after that? What tends to happen in session three? Yes, um, you know, where do they end up? You mm. know, at the end of it, when they leave you and they decide, I don't need to see you anymore yeah what has what has happened yes yeah anyone, so, um, anyone can do this and put together their own intellectual property basically yes and then you'll get more and more creative the more that you start mm. to formalize it the more you'll start to see ah yes this is what I'm opening them up to in session three I think I could even do these other few things that I think I'll add in there that'd be really valuable to the person 
Great. That was fantastic. So many nuggets of great information in there. And I'm pretty sure that our audience would be thinking that that knowledge is definitely valuable. So thank you for that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Getting it down. So my final question for you is, as we are, you know, focused on money and on the podcast, what is your best tip or the best tip that you've ever been given about money? Oh, okay. Um, Best tip about money I'd say that it's probably something along the lines of wealth creation isn't necessarily the same as savings so um, having a mindset of creating wealth uh, is also something that you want to work on like what we've been talking about you work out where you are you know are you at the starting point are you in in debt and you're working on that are you saving are you further along and so you're looking at investing you know where are you on the sort Mm -hmm. of and nothing's right or wrong you just work that out Um, but I think for women having quite a bit of focus on um, what it means to sort of create wealth and assets Um, And so whether that's also listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to people so that money talk Mm. and maybe investing in property and banking and loans and term deposits and interest rates and all that isn't annoying and boring, Mm. (laughs) but it actually becomes something that's just in just in how you can talk and how you can relate you know so so that so that's something that I would say and also um, I suppose having a good accountant yes I think having having an accountant yeah who you like Mm. uh, and a bookkeeper who you who you like and who you trust yeah 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 I think if we just start getting into into the education of of wealth for women that would be I think being we felt a bit blocked out a bit of that yes Yes. or Um, or somebody else you know sort of looks after that side of things or you know I'll Mm. leave it leave it to other people it's not really something we need to worry about but yeah, in this day and age when so many more women are starting businesses of their own, like we were talking about before we started recording, it's it's now more than ever, it's so important for women to start, you know, in, improving their financial literacy and really being across all of this stuff so that, you know, they have uh, they have options because, you know, her money, her business is is also about, you know, if it's your money that you're earning and it's your business, then, you know, you really need to be across those things and not just letting other people manage it for you it's you know it's an important yes and you absolutely and you mentioned some stats in the stuff that you sent me and you know it's always you know a shock and there's all sorts of stats which you'll probably talk about on solo shows as well yeah so I think having just an interest maybe just a curiosity too yeah yeah and um, yeah Yeah. definitely I hope to uh, to bring some of that to the podcast as well and really allow people to just learn at their own pace and small steps and introduce different topics that will be you know pique people's curiosity or women's curiosity to learn a little bit more yeah that's why you know it's a wonderful podcast and so important just women and 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 money talk Mm. so Mm. this is you know really great I'm really into it it's really good Sonia yes I'm very excited to get it up and running and uh and get lots of episodes under my belt so that we can get some information out there to to the women who need it in business brilliant thank you right well thank you so much for being here Emma this was a great chat 
and um, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yes, thank you. And, um, you know, feel free to get in touch. Sonia's probably popped all the links in there and stuff. Yeah, show notes. Um, yeah, in the show notes. And I'm just Emma Franklin Bell everywhere. So if you want to get in touch about anything to do with business, intellectual property, books, uh, etc., um, yes. yeah, get in touch and we'll have a chat. Absolutely. Emma is fabulous. Mm. Thank you again, Emma. Thanks, Sonia. Bye. Bye. Inspired to take action? Head on over to our website, blossomingbusiness.com.au for this episode's show notes and access to all of our resources. You've been listening to the Her Money, Her Business podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. I'm Sonia Belzarolo, and until next time, keep striving to make finance fun and money matter.